Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. As we continue through the chapter of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, we see that Jesus also knew that as he took that bread, he knew he was making a new covenant in his body and in his blood. He knew. He didn't say, I think maybe we should make up a new thing for you guys. You know, something we could just pass on through the ages. It'll be kind of symbolic and might help some. No. He knew right as he was doing it. This, he said, is a new covenant. I know what I'm doing. I'm setting up a new way for man to approach me. And it won't be based on how good you are, how many good works you do. It will be based on one thing, the finished work of Jesus Christ. That one who, when Jesus hung on the cross, you know the last words he spoke? It is finished. Payment done. I paid for, so he, but did he know it before he got to the cross? Yes. Then after they had taken of the bread and the cup, it says, then they sang a hymn. And after singing this hymn, they went out to the Mount called Olivet or the Mount of Olives. Jesus, this is, by the way, um, traditionally in the, in the Jewish culture, there's a certain psalm that they choose. It's Psalm 136. If you want to make yourself a little note, this is the, this is the traditional psalm to sing um, at the Passover, at the commence, at the end of the, the Passover meal. Let me show you this psalm because this psalm will really show you how much God knows and how merciful, how merciful do you guys think God is? Knowing that he's got a guy who's going to betray him. And oh, by the way, if, when we go back to Mark, we'll see. And even he knows one guy is going to deny him. That he even knows him. By the time the cock crows twice, this guy will deny him how many times? Three times. What's his name? Peter, yeah. We'll be back to him in a minute. But this is the, this is the hymn or the psalm which we'll be saying. And this psalm, if you're not familiar with Psalm 136, this psalm is a powerful psalm to just kind of remind you of the most important detail. See, this psalm is, a, is an overview of the Lord's interaction with man starting from the beginning when God created man. This psalm actually acknowledges God was there with a certain quality, a certain characteristic that he had that was everlasting, that he showed to man from the very beginning. Let me show you this. Psalm 136. Now, this is the way I was taught the psalm in American Western presentation. What we did was we broke the psalm into, into parts. We had a, um, I forget what it's called in English, responsive reading. Is that, is that the right thing? The, the pastor would read the first line of each verse, and you guys would read the last line back. And so... In the very first line of Psalm 136, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And you guys say, His love endures forever. Or his mercy is the old King James. His mercy en endureth. You have to put the TH on that. His mercy endureth forever. If you have a different translation, it's uh, in, in numeric sense, it says, His loving kindness. Oh, I don't know about you, but. When I think God's loving kindness lasts for how long? Forever. 
This is the very first part of this psalm. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And uh, uh, let's do the, we'll do old King James. How's that? His mercy endureth how long? Forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. And his mercy endureth forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders. Mercy endures forever. To him who made the heavens with skill. To him who spread out the earth above the waters. To him who made the great lights. Mercy. The sun to rule by day. And the moon and the stars to rule by night. That's um, a pretty merciful God. Did all these things. Now, this is all the things from the beginning, what he did. He, his characteristic has been from the time what he spread out the, the earth there, it says, in the sky. He put the, the sun and the moon, the stars to light. When he, when he made it all from the beginning. What, what, what's the Bible start off with in Genesis? In the beginning, God created. If you struggle over what I'm telling you today, you probably won't like the first verse of the book because... I have news for you. The guy that I work for, he made everything. He didn't only make everything. He knows everything. And he's good. And his mercy endures forever. Now, the next verse is a new paragraph in the Hebrew. And it says, now, to him who smote the Egyptians and their firstborn, his mercy endures forever. And he brought Israel out from their midst. His mercy endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. To him who is, has divided the Red Sea asunder and made Israel to pass through the midst of it. But he overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the wilderness. To him who smote the great kings. And slew mighty kings. You get an idea how, mercy, how long his mercy lasts? Keep going. Shihon, king of the Amorites. And Og, king of Bashan. And gave their land as a heritage. Even a heritage to Israel, his servant. Now, if you wonder why this thing, I don't know if you picked up on this, but did you notice the whole, um, he jumps from creation. The very first paragraph of this psalm is all about from the beginning, when God made it all. Then we jump to about 1450 B.C., when we get to verse 10, when the Egyptians, the Lord smote the firstborn of the Egyptians. And by the way, when he smote the firstborn of the Egyptians, if you don't know the story, that was the straw that, that so to speak, that broke the camel's back, yeah, broke Pharaoh's back. Pharaoh, you know, up to then, God had used Moses to bring different plagues to say, I'm God, let my people go. And at one point, Pharaoh actually said, okay, okay, you can go. But then what happened? Changed his mind. And then a little later, another plague. Ah, oh, okay, uncle, uncle, you guys can go. And then change of heart again. Nope, I changed my mind. So finally, the Lord got him. He caused the death of all the firstborn. The firstborn among, uh, uh, amongst Egypt. Now, to the Jews, are they familiar with this story? Yeah. Why? 
What's so significant about this night? What the firstborn all died? What? By the way, what were the Jews supposed to do so that their firstborn wouldn't die? They're supposed to take a lamb, right? And they were to take it and slay it and take the blood and take a a, a branch of hyssop branch and dip it in there and paint the doorpost and the lintel of their houses. They're in Egypt. They were slaves in bondage. And the Lord said, this is your last night. I'm going to break Pharaoh's back. He will let you go. I'll take care of it. And so they painted the blood over the doorposts. Don't freak out and worry. They're not going to live there anymore. It's okay. They're leaving it. But that blood had a very important, important role because that very night, the Lord sent an angel of death to visit the land of Egypt. And he gave very specific instructions. The Lord did to the Israelites. He told them that they all had to put the blood over the doorpost and the lintel, and they had to go inside the house and roast the lamb and to eat it, eat all of it, eat of this lamb. And this night, God would cause a great deliverance so that when the angel of death passed through Egypt and he came to the house that had the blood on the doorpost and the lintel, what did he do? He passed over it. That's where we get the name Passover. He passed over that house, and death did not go in and visit the firstborn of the ones that were inside the house. Death passed over. Now, Jesus is sitting, having the meal with his disciples, this very significant meal to the Jews. The last, this is the the last supper, but it is the Passover meal. They are partaking of this Passover meal, and at this Passover meal, he says, take this bread, this is my body. You say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, if you know the introduction of Jesus' ministry, public ministry, by John the Baptist, you got a really big clue here because the first thing John the Baptist says when he sees Jesus in public, he says, behold the what? The bread of God, right? No, he didn't say the bread. What did he say? The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is really important. That's the Lamb of that takes away the sins of the world. And all of this stuff, remember in in Corinthians it tells us everything happened to the Jews happened to them for our example, that we could learn these. And the Jews, they're very in tune with these things, what they call types or shadows, where God was demonstrating what was to come through through different um, enactments to get them to to teach. I mean, it's a great teaching tool to show them this is what I'm going to do. Abraham, take your son, your only son, and offer him on the mount, which I show you. So he takes his son to that mount of Moriah, which happens to be located on this hillside, what we call, uh, at, at the end, the top end of it, has one little hill, what, what is called in Latin, Calvary, or in, in Greek, Golgotha, the place of the skull. And on that place, he said, you offer your son where I show you. Now, I won't be surprised at all when we watch the replay if the spot where Abraham was taking his son to is right on that right on that spot. Because on that very moment when he raised up his hand to, to slay his boy, the angel said, stop. Go over there and use that ram. But Abraham said, God, when his son said, where's the, where's the sacrifice? We got the fire, we got the wood. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham prophesied. He said, God will provide himself a lamb. Not a ram, a lamb. 
But during the story, when Abraham went to offer his son like God had told him, by the way, it was a test, wasn't it? Did he have to really offer his son? No. But he was a type, a shadow, to show us what God was going to do. God was going to offer his own son, and his son would be the true lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. So he goes, don't worry. From this day forward, Abraham proclaimed, as it is spoken to this day, in the mount of the Lord, the Lord God will provide. Jehovah Jireh. He's going to provide himself a lamb. And surely he did in his son, Jesus, the lamb that came. Now they're singing this psalm at the end. Of, this is the, the Hallel psalm. This is the end of the Passover meal psalm. Starts off with God is good and his mercy endures forever. And God did all these things from the beginning when he, when he put the earth together, when he put the stars and the moon and the sun by the lights in the sky. His mercy has been there from the beginning. It is his loving kindness. What a declaration. God's loving kindness, it lasts forever. But then he jumps. The psalmist here in Psalm 136 jumps to verse 10 to, to 1450 BC. That's a big jump from the beginning. Because if you want, some of the kids ask me, how long, like on the calendar, when was Adam and Eve in the garden? And if you want to follow all the genealogies back and do all the math and add all, you know all those he begat, he begat, he begat, all those guys that, you know, this guy is the father of that guy is the father of that guy. And you look at their ages and you add up how old they were and you back up. You can actually back up and figure out that we, and some people don't know this. I, I did this. I sat there and studied all the genealogies, went backwards to find out you get to, uh, it, it falls between, there's, 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 there's one guy's age that you have to give, you don't know there's a plus or minus. So from about 4,112 4, BC to 4,184 BC, depending on this one fellow's, because they, they had to leave out just so we couldn't get cocky and say exactly it was, you know, the beginning. But, but it, they do had lived long enough to have the other begat. I mean, he begat his son, and, and I know he lived this uh, you know, he was this old when he died, but it didn't say exactly how old he was when he had him. So I had to like say, all right, he had to be give or take between here and there. So just to give you the range, some people like to know. Well, so when was Adam and Eve in the garden? What? How How much chronicled history do we actually have? And basically, if you want to just round off, 4,000 B.C. We have 2,000 years after the Lord has come to this earth. Which is really interesting because in biblical things, that's four plus two is six. And in is seven ever a big deal? And, the, and what do we have a promise of the Lord's kingdom will come? Pray this, pray in this way. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is. And, how, and when we read Revelation, how long does Jesus set up God's kingdom on earth? How many years? Yeah, you said it. And, and Satan is bound during this time. How long is he tied up? A thousand years. I think we could be, guys, what are, I, I believe we are in so close to the return of the Lord. These are such powerful things. But see, we need to remember God's mercy, his loving kindness, it lasts forever. Even from when he passed over 
death, cause death to pass over them and to free them from Egypt. He freed Israel and brought them out. And he subdued the kings in the lands what they went. He did all these things. Here's the, the psalmist recounting Israel's history. But does he stop there? There's one more short paragraph at the end of Psalm 136, starting in verse 23. Who, it says, the Lord who remembered us in our low estate, for his mercy endures forever. And he has rescued us from our adversaries. Endures forever. And he gives food to all flesh. Endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. For his mercy endures forever. So we go all the way from the beginning of creation to the great deliverance from bondage that God accomplished for Israel to the to the bringing them into the promised land that he had for them, to even to the very present who gives food to how much flesh? And this is why I say to the present. Are we included in all flesh? Yeah. Does he even take care of us? When we say, what was that other part after thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? What's the next part of the prayer? Give us this day our... Oh, wait, does... Uh, does that count? Are we still in the group of all flesh that gets food? Does God look after us? You know, I, I laugh because this last week we had a, this is hard to admit, but in humility, we're not the financial powerhouse church, okay, on the block. If you didn't notice, the tents have been around a while and uh, and these chairs. And, and, and I just, I don't care because I don't think this stuff is what's important. It's the teaching of God's word going into people's heart. That's what's really, to God, I believe, precious. He doesn't care about making a thermometer on the wall and let's have a building program and push it up, guys. The red, there's not enough red. You need to give till it hurts. That's supposed to be blood, your blood. Fill it in. No, I mean, some of these preachers, you think they're like tapping you for everything, every last drop that they're they're flocking. I'm like, no. This is the things that are really, you know, to the Lord. He knows what we need. And we were having a, a tight financial week this week, and I, I was like, Lord, you you know what we need, and I'll just put it in your hands. And a brother calls me and says, I'd like to take you to Costco if I could. Like like he tells me, and you pick up what – I want to get you one of those beefs that you make on the Kamado. The Lord knows I had just – the day before – my mouth is watering. I'm pushing an empty Kamado, and I'm thinking, Lord, it would be really. And the very next day, he calls and says, I'd like to get you a Kamado beef to do. And then I'm like, yes. And then, and then my wife says, and I, I ask her, um, do we need anything else? She's like, well, we need garlic. The, the brother goes, and anything else you need? I said, garlics. He's like, yeah, throw it in. Anything else? And I'm like, potatoes. And Jenna had given me a like, contingency list. Potatoes, onions, peanuts. We need peanuts for a dish she's making. And and so as he said, throw in some more stuff. I'm going to treat you. I got smokehouse almonds. But I was like, Lord, I haven't had those in so long. And they were right next to the peanuts. They just jumped in my cart. So I, I get the stuff and I think, Lord, as we're putting it in the tray, you have how really deep, how rich, how full is God's loving kindness. It's his mercy toward it. Does, does he know even how to give food to those that are his? 
to this very day? Does he look after us? Yes. And the longer that you, you walk in the Lord, you'll find out that he's known these things about us, that he is so good. And, and the Bible says he knows even our frame is not very strong. You know, Peter's, he's worth taking a few minutes to see. I, I truly believe Peter was a man that, that had the fullest intention to go full gusto for God. Like, I'm not going to deny you. Yeah, we'll look at what Mark says about this. And, and by the way, just so you know, John Mark, who's writing the Gospel of Mark, where did he get his info? Was he at the table with? No. He was a companion of Peter. That's right. Peter is feeding John Mark what happened at the table. He's telling him the details. Now, one thing I, I really enjoy, Peter, if you think about it in retrospect, Peter said, I'm not going to deny you, Lord. I'll go to death with you. But does he deny the Lord? Yes. So Jesus even knew his frailty. I love the psalmist, what, what he writes. And turn to just back a few pages to Psalm 103. Goes perfectly with, with Peter's dilemma. Peter, Jesus knew Peter better than Peter knew himself. Psalm 103, verse 11 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, is that very high? So great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. For as far as the east is from the west, it, that's how far he has removed our transgressions, our sins, us when you say lord forgive me he goes done and he takes that thing you did wrong and he sends it on a line how far is this line how long infinity how far does east go from west it goes on forever it's put on a line and sent away it's gone and then it says just as a father has compassion on his children so the lord had compassion on those that fear him for he himself knows our frame, and he is mindful that we are but dust. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona. Lord's been good to Abraham, Lord's been good to me. Lord blessed him and blessed all the family and he's going to do the same for me.
And that's the way it's gonna be I don't 